0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Distortedly Dugs, the podcast. I hope that you all are well, wherever you are. Uh, spring has definitely sprung here in Colorado we have had several consecutive days of sunshine and it has been amazing Um, you guys know that I love winter I really do love snow but I also really appreciate the change of seasons and I got to be honest the change in seasons is definitely helping um, my mood right under the current uh, COVID circumstances so guys I reached out to you on the Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO to see if you guys would be interested in hearing about about how I decide Off leash, off leash opportunities for my dog. So I know that this is something that's kind of a struggle, right? Because like we want to give our dogs the opportunity to be off leash, but there's also this like you know movement, this leash your dog movement. So I want to just kind of give you my opinion on the matter, and you can kind of take it or leave it, right? So um, I want to just preface this with saying that um, when I am letting my dogs off leash, it is never when I feel like we are going to be a nuisance to the rest of the community so I really try to be respectful and thoughtful when I'm letting my dogs off leash but I also do not always subscribe to leash law so obviously I can't tell you to break the law but I want to just kind of tell you where I'm at on that okay so like I was mentioning right like there's there's a lot of this, you know, quote unquote, leash your dog movement. And I totally understand the sentiment, right? Like I totally hear the people who are preaching this message. But for me, um, I think that the benefits of regularly allowing our dogs to be off leash are just too sweet to pass up. I hope that that makes sense. So um, I want to give you some ideas here. So why I think that dogs should be off leash more one, it greatly improves the quality of their life, right they get to sniff and move freely and do normal dog stuff and and meeting that need I'm telling you you guys is huge it's it's everything. It really is. So um, there is so much benefit from giving our dogs opportunities to be off leash. Um, I also believe that it's a skill set, right? Like having reliable behaviors off leash, that's a skill set that needs to be cultivated, maintained, and practiced. And, And that's not really possible, right? If we're never letting our dogs off leash or if when we're letting our dogs off leash, it's not very consistent. So for me, letting my dogs be off leash is a top priority like I was saying right like the quality of their life is greatly improved by being off leash so I make it a priority and by doing that that means that I need to maintain the skill set of my dogs being off leash so I am very regularly daily almost allowing off leash opportunities for my dogs so um I I truly believe that it is our obligation (laughs) to our dogs to find opportunities for them to be off leash. It's really, really important. And that is why I'm really happy to share, you know, my thought process when I'm choosing off leash locations with my dogs. Okay, so um, I know that there are definitely. There are risks, right? There are definitely risks with dogs being off leash, but for me, it's not about focusing on the fear of the risks. For me, it's focusing on how I can to the safest of my capabilities allow my dog's opportunities to be off leash. So let's talk about how, (laughs) right? How do we do this? So um, when I am looking for spots, for my dogs to be off leash. This is just kind of like my mental checklist. And you have to remember remember that it, it depends on your individual dog, right? Tiva and Waylon, I'm really looking at their individual needs and desires when I'm choosing appropriate off leash places. So you're gonna have to like, you know, insert your dog's preferences into my checklist here. But I think that this is kind of a good framework of what you can be looking for. So first and foremost, I'm always looking for an area that's relatively low traffic, so quite literally there's no major roads surrounding it for obvious reasons. And then also I'm looking for an area that doesn't have a ton of foot traffic, right? Maybe some, but not a ton. Because like I was saying, y'all, like I don't want to be a nuisance. I want to be respectful to the other people in my community that have dogs while also doing my best to fulfill my obligation to my dogs to allow them to be off leash. So I think that those are pretty you know, straightforward. I'm sure you already knew that, right? We're looking for low traffic areas and we're looking for um, places where there's not a ton of people. I'm, I'm really looking for low risk. So like I said, nowhere near a road. I'm always looking for places that maybe have like two sides that are fenced and then that way I can see all the way along where my dogs are gonna be off leash. So it's really important that you can see a pretty great distance ahead of you so that you can be scanning and making sure that you are not going to be surprised by someone. Um, I'm also looking at areas, you know, I live in Thornton, which is a suburb of Denver. So, you know, I, I'm lucky in the fact that it's not as densely populated as Denver is and there are trails in my neighborhood that don't get a ton of use so obviously they get used but you know it's not like if y'all are in Denver not something like you know City park or Sloan's Lake or something like that that just just jam-packed with people so um, I'm always looking for an area that hopefully has two sides where there's relatively low risk right there it's fenced in the dogs couldn't like get too far if they were to chase something and then i'm always making sure that i can see in front of me and behind me and i'm you know i wouldn't say that i'm hyper vigilant but i'm definitely aware i'm looking and scanning and checking to make sure that there's no one or um no dogs in my sight line okay so those those are just a few things that i'm looking for so um, I think that you can find that maybe like on trails in neighborhoods. I think that maybe you could find that in schoolyards, maybe baseball fields, soccer fields, um, areas like that. And I think that staying off the, the literal path can also be helpful, right? So um, under the current COVID circumstances, um, if you guys follow me on Instagram, you already know this, but I am not going to the mountains to go hiking, Um, I desperately want to, but I'm not because I I just really don't think that it's the most responsible decision for the community. So I'm not. So I am staying local, right, in my neighborhood. And there is a spot that I have been taking the dogs to to let them be off leash that I'm literally just like walking through a bunch of weeds and fields, right? So you got to be prepared and willing to do that too, right? Like it's not always going to be like, you're just going to walk on this nice path, guys. Like I'm literally walking through mud and weeds to make it possible for my dogs. So there's definitely that expectation of you in this equation too, right? Like you have to be willing to maybe walk some places that you wouldn't otherwise, um, and you know I think that it really boils down to you have to be comfortable with this if you're completely uncomfortable then it's going to go south okay like you have to believe in your ability to find a relatively safe place for your dog and you have to trust that your dog will come back okay and like I don't want to discount the value of a long leash because I think that that's a really good like alternate to dogs being completely off leash right so like a 20 foot lead a 50 foot lead and, and you could follow this these same guidelines right so that there's not a ton of other people or dogs but I think that that's a good safety net if you're not completely comfortable with this so I never want you to do something you feel uncomfortable with right I do think that like slow steps out of your comfort zone are good but I think that the long leash is probably a good option a good in between before you're just like full throttle letting your dog off leash so something else that I'm really taking in consideration when I'm choosing a place to let my dogs off leash is that um, Waylon is not the type of dog that I can just let him off leash and then expect him to recall within like 10 seconds. Okay, he's not that dog. So while I do think that our dogs need to have recalls to be completely off leash, Waylon does not have a perfect recall that he always responds to. So I have to be really thoughtful about setting up these off-leash outings so that when I take him off the leash, I am not going to need to urgently call him. He needs, seriously, you guys, like a good couple of minutes just to run and sniff and explore before I can expect him to recall. So that's definitely a consideration I'm making and, you know, for you guys who've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that Tiva just spoils the shit out of me. And Tiva's the dog that, like, I could take her off leash. And if I needed to recall her five seconds later, no problem. She's happy to do that. Honestly, there's really nothing I can't recall this dog off of. So she gets a lot of privileges, but for Waylon, I have to be really careful and make sure that when I'm taking him off the leash, he can go and do the wild dog stuff he needs to do before I need to call him. So I don't think that our dogs need to have perfect recalls for off-leash opportunities. And you know, obviously Waylon is my case study here, right? Because he's taught me so much, but for Waylon, if he does not get opportunities to to be off leash, to run wild, to sniff, to explore, to chase bunnies, he is not the same dog. Like his needs are not truly being met and fulfilled. So it's my obligation to find these opportunities for him. And guys, I gotta be honest, he taught me a lot because before I was super spoiled. Sunny and Tiva both recalled almost every time I called, I didn't have to really worry about it. But Waylon has really taught me the power of letting go. Like it is okay for him not to come right away. It is okay for him to go sniff and explore before he comes back. Right? So that is the individual dog, Waylon, that I have to consider in all of this. And I know that a lot of you who listen to this podcast have quote unquote wild spicy dogs like I do, right? And I know that it can be a struggle, but I think that there's a lot to gain because guys, what happens is that I set it up, right? We're at a relatively safe place where I know he can sniff and explore for a little bit. And what happens is that I don't have to recall him. He gets to go and meet his needs. And then when he's ready, he comes and checks in with me and it's, It's such a stress-free experience for me because I don't have to feel like I have to call him. I just wait, right? I wait for him to do what he needs to do and then he comes back and offers his attention and then I can release him back to the sniffing and exploring. So um, those are definitely some considerations. Um, Guys, when I am out and say, you know, I'm at this field that I, I told you guys about, I'm letting the dog sniff and explore and I see someone, first and foremost, I'm walking the opposite direction of that person to indicate to the dogs we're going to change directions. And for Tiva, I can just recall her no problem. Sometimes for Waylon, I have to be strategic about what I'm going to recall him. And in my specific case with Tiva and Waylon, they are not the type of dogs to like run over and greet other dogs or people. So I definitely have that advantage, right? That like they're not going to run and greet those dogs and people. Um, That has not always been the case, right? Like in Waylon's, adolescence he would have run up to any dog in person because he thought that they were so wicked cool but at this stage in his life that is not like a huge priority so I do have that luxury but like I was saying I'm changing directions and then as soon as I see that Waylon has changed directions and he's coming the direction I need him to come right not to me per se but the direction I need him to come then I'm being really strategic about waiting for the perfect opportunity to call him the perfect opportunity being he will actually respond when I call him So if he is in the middle of sniffing, doing something, I am not calling. And I know that, you know, a lot of trainers want to make it like your dog has to come every time. Dogs can't be off leash unless they have a perfect recall. But I think that that is a one-sided argument. Like in that argument, it's all about the person. The dog has to do what you say. And that is not what I want with my dogs, right? I have a relationship. It is a give and a take. So I am doing my best to let Waylon do what he needs to do. And then when I need him to come, I'm being really strategic about waiting until that can be enticing and reinforcing and he will choose to come to me. I hope that that makes sense. So... Um, it's really important that we are respectful of the other people in the spaces that we have our dogs off leash. Okay, if your dog is going to run and charge at people or dogs, I think that you have more remedial long leash work to be doing before maybe it's safe to like go to a lot of different spots to let the dogs off leash. I also want to talk about time timelines here, right? Because when I'm out with my dogs, I'm I'm walking them on leash. When I'm in neighborhoods, on neighborhood streets, I do not think the dogs should be off leash because my dogs would absolutely be all up in people's front yards. And I think that that is really disrespectful so that's a line you know that I draw in the sand and obviously you can be on whatever side you want but I want to kind of share my perspective on this right so when I'm doing leash neighborhood walks Obviously, the dogs are on leash. I think that it's rude. I have a neighbor whose dog is constantly off leash in neighborhoods, pooping in people's front yards, and I think it's total bullshit. So I don't do that. But when I get to areas where there aren't a lot of other people around, my dogs are not interfering with people's gardens that they've spent a lot of time on, then I am letting my dogs be off leash. But as soon as there are other people in my sight line, I am respectful and I put my dogs back on leash unless the other dog and person that I see is off leash and I know them or we wave and indicate that it's okay if the dogs interact. And honestly, that happens a lot. I've been really pleased with how many um, people in my neighborhood have been able to let their dogs be off leash. And guys, this is something I really believe in. Obviously, I don't want to interfere with you know fearful or reactive dogs, but I think that the cost-benefit I mean, there's so much benefit to letting our dogs be off leash, you guys, and um, for those of you who follow me on Instagram, you've seen on my stories, so our house backs up to a big park, right, and I very often let my dogs be off leash in this park, um, it's fenced on two sides, there are no major roads anywhere near, so it's like a really ideal spot to let the dogs be off leash, and... I've honestly just been so tickled like watching in the park. I've seen so many people out there with their dogs more than I have ever seen before and their dogs are off leash and they are running and they are sniffing but they're responsive to their people and guys, I think that that's something that's beautiful that should be celebrated. I don't think that we need to villainize dogs being off leash as long as we're all respectful community members. So I know in the US, obviously there's a lot of leash laws. There's kind of some back and forth in this but I've been really pleased to hear from some of you who don't live in the u.s right letting me know that like dogs really pretty much can be off leash everywhere and people are respectful and that's that's what i want to see right like that's what i want to see in my local community is that dogs do get the opportunity to be off leash and and meet those needs off leash but we can all still be respectful community members so um there are a few circumstances in which you know dogs being off leash are a no-go for me so like i was saying right like in um neighborhoods on neighborhood streets my dogs are on leash there's too many cars there's too much risk for me and my dogs okay um and then I think that I'm, I'm always weighing recall limitations right so like I was saying Tiva doesn't really have any recall limitations I'm really spoiled with her Waylon has recall limitations right there are definitely cir- circumstances in which Waylon will not recall and that is okay, right? But I have to anticipate and plan accordingly for those circumstances. So um, in our neighborhood, there are several dead raccoons. I have no idea what's going on. I don't know if it's distemper. I don't know if it's poison. But anyways, that has been hard in our off-leash excursions because Waylon will not recall away from a dead raccoon. He just won't. He thinks the dead raccoon is super cool. So I have to go and retrieve him from the dead raccoon, which I mean, is not a huge deal, right? I can just walk over him to him, but I have to be careful with that, right? Because if I know there's a dead raccoon somewhere and he's going to charge at it and I see someone over there, like I have to be careful about that. So there's a lot of considerations and, um, you know, those are some circumstances in which I'm keeping him on leash. When I know there's a dead raccoon, I can't call him from, I'm going to avoid that area and I'm going to keep him on leash. It's just like that. And then, um, I know I was talking a little bit ab- about timelines, so forgive me on not completing that thought, but what I wanted to say on that is that, um I'm not always letting them be off leash for eternity. You know what I mean? Like I'm doing the leash neighborhood walk. We're going to the area. I'm doing some laps in the area where it's safe the dog, for the dogs to be off leash. You know, maybe five minutes, maybe 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, just kind of depending on the circumstance. And then we're going back on leash. So, you know, it's not that the dog gets to be off leash the whole time, but being off leash becomes part of the outing. And, you know, that's just kind of what's happening under the current COVID circumstances. And, you know, I think that this also rings true for trail etiquette in all honesty right like if I'm out hiking and I know that there's no one else on the trail and the dogs are recalling I'm probably keeping them off leash the whole hike but if I know there are other people I know that there are deer in the area I probably am gonna maybe let the dogs be off leash a little bit, then maybe go back on leash. So I don't want you to think that like the dogs have to be off leash the whole time, right? Like I'm just looking for those small glimmers of opportunities for the dogs to be off leash. And you know, I've been really surprised at how my dogs have adapted to everything that's going on because you know before we were hiking like 20 25 miles a week and we are not doing that now right obviously we're we're doing neighborhood walks but the rhythm that we found right is you know we're going out for probably an hour and we're probably finding two or three opportunities for the dogs to be off leash for a total of maybe like 20 30 minutes of that and the other 30 minutes they are on leash and i got to say that like i really feel like i'm meeting their needs the dogs are sleeping really well They're responsive. I feel like they're happy, healthy. So, um, you know, we're adaptable just like our dogs are, which is pretty freaking cool. So, um, yeah, guys, that's kind of my thoughts on choosing places for our dogs to be off leash versus when I think you should let them, you know, keep them on leash. But I've always been an advocate for dogs getting an opportunity to be off leash, and I will continue to advocate for that because I believe, like I was saying before, that it is our obligation to meet their need in that way. Ladies and gentlemen, I can tell you this. If Waylon never got an opportunity to be off-leash, Waylon would be a nightmare. For those of you who are new to the podcast, Waylon is my youngest dog. He is now three. He's an American Staffordshire Terrier, and he is a wild beast. This dog has hopped countless six-foot fences. He thinks tables are perfectly fine to hang out on. He thinks that chasing, um, running after wild animals is a really fun thrill. Waylon has been quilled by a porcupine twice. Waylon is not the type of dog that could handle a sedentary life with only on-leash walks. He just can't. That's not who he is, and I am not fulfilling my obligation to him to provide the best life if he doesn't get to be off-leash. And I have Waylon to Thank for that, right? Like he has taught me a lot about that. Like I said, I've been really spoiled with Tiva. She's always been able to be off leash. She's really always been pretty good off leash, so it was kind of a no brainer. But for Waylon, he was not always good off leash, and sometimes he still isn't great off leash. But he needs it. It's part of the equation for his well-being and I have to meet that need. And I know that a lot of you listening can probably commiserate with that. I know that there are a lot of young blocky dogs out there that are a lot like Waylon. So if you have one of those blocky dogs, my heart goes out to you. We are spoiled. We're lucky to have them, but it's not always easy. So guys, if you have questions, comments, or concerns about this episode, I would love to talk about it in the Facebook group, Disorderly Dogs. The conversation continues. You can uh, follow the link in the show notes to get to that Facebook group. And then if you're not already following me over on Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO, come. I share so much training advice on there. I think you'll find it really helpful and pertinent to your life. And I'm really, I'm, I'm in my direct messages every day, you guys. So if you have questions, please. Just reach out. Just send them on there. And guys, I am also on TikTok these days. Um, I don't know about you, but I find TikTok to be really, really fun. So if you're on TikTok, find me at a good feeling underscore NCO. I would love to follow along on all your dance moves and the fun stuff that TikTok can offer. So y'all, I am already looking forward to the next episode. I will talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about us, please check us out on Instagram at a good feeling underscore You can also find us on Facebook at a good feeling dog training, as well as our website, agfdogtraining.com